All right, we got Nate Engel, assistant coach at Stanford. Uh, first of all, Nate, congrats on your news that you are having twins. It's like every wrestling coach's dream, just so you know. <laughs> so good job on that. Um, <laughs> first thing I was going to ask you, so you're out in California, which is uh, – that's where you're from too, obviously. But uh, it's kind of the epicenter of corona right now. So what's it like just – living out there right now i mean is what's 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 the i don't know what's it like living in california right now during all this uh it's strange i mean there's nobody i mean there's still people on the roads but not as much as you know there used to be i think when it first started my commute turned into about a 25 minute commute instead of like an hour commute um the stores there's not a lot of people we only go out once a week and then you know for groceries and yeah it's just strange i mean everybody's home you know there's more people out working out on the, you know running around and walking and stuff so it's just it's a strange world we're living in yeah you guys have been in it longer than most so so most of your college wrestlers obviously they can't do what people have normally been doing this time of year or maybe even if they weren't going to wrestle or anything if they were going to lift or anything wrestlers basically just can't do the normal training that they would do right now so what would be your advice for your guys or advice for high school kids of how to get better during this time, even though it's not, not ideal, obviously. I mean, really, it's just like thinking outside of the box. I think as wrestlers, like our brain, we're just like different animals. And, you know, whether it's grabbing stuff that you have in the garage or running outside when it's nice, doing sprints, that type of stuff. I mean, um, you know, like when I would go overseas, you can't always find like a sauna or something to, you know, cut weight in. So you had to like think outside of the box. So I think it's just really um, you know, staying in touch with the guys and then giving them a workout plan, uh, you know, that's approved by like compliance and everything and, um, just staying active. Right. I mean, like you said, a lot of people could be taking the time off from wrestling, but they're still working out. So just really thinking outside of the box. Yeah. Um, Jesse had a question for you being a West coast guy. Yeah. So we were going to get into kind of your path to Stanford, but um, you know, to start that off, uh, just kind of taking us through your um, process of picking a college and everything like that. But I think it's kind of good for people to hear um, how much different our options are out here on the West Coast as compared to their options there in the Midwest. Um, because I think that there in the Midwest, they take for granted a little bit how many schools have wrestling and how many opportunities they actually do have. Um, to pick from because I being from Arizona when I was coming out of high school I only had like three options here in the state and one of them was Arizona State which basically meant that took away one of my options from me but um, could you just kind of walk everybody through your process of you know how you made up you know your decision on where to go and and kind of what that looked like and maybe how it was different for us on the west coast than it is for them in the midwest yeah, I mean, I was I was really small coming out of high school. I think I weighed like 115 pounds soaking wet. And at that time, you were considered like they didn't know if you're going to weigh 125 pounds. So um, obviously, it's changed since then. But for me, I was contacted by a lot of NAI schools. I hadn't qualified for the state tournament yet. Uh, you know, it just, I think I worked really, really hard, but I didn't have the results at the national level yet. So um, I was looking at like Dana College and William Penn and, uh, Menlo College, um, you know, because in California, there's only a handful of Division One schools 
there's a big JUCO system and then a couple of NAI schools and now there's even more so. Um, so to me, I just, I chose William Penn at first because I had some uh, friends that I knew in California that were going to school there. And then obviously I made my way to Missouri Valley. Um, I needed a change of scenery, a place that, um, that like just better coaches and stuff. And so I changed to that, which looking back, um, I think like I don't regret any of the decisions I made on where to go to school. And Missouri Valley was like the best thing that ever happened to me. I don't think without Missouri Valley, I wouldn't be like where I am today. I wouldn't have cross paths with coach Mayab and coach Hag and you guys and Jason Heslop and, you know, just the whole Kansas city uh, area. So, um, but I think like what you said is that there is so many opportunities out there. Like you don't have to just go division one, you can go NAI, you can go division three, division two, um, you know, JUCO, there's so many options out there now that you can get scholarship. And, you know, I would tell, just people in general is like, look at your options. You know, there's so many great options out there. All right. I, I kind of, uh, that kind of leads me to this next question, but Nate, I think of you as like the ultimate networker. Uh, and I mean, in a good way, and you're, you're a hustler, you've taken one opportunity and turned it into another opportunity that was good. And it hasn't been like the most, you know, obvious path at all times. You, you went to Missouri Valley then you did Greco. And then you've gotten into coaching and you, you went to, from the service academies to Stanford. So just talk about, I know this is probably a strange question to some people, but talk about what your mindset is of turning what, you know, an opportunity that is from, from one opportunity to the next, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I mean, I think you, you hit it right on the head is like networking. Uh, my dad sold life insurance my whole life and uh, he was a really, really good salesman. And so maybe I just like listened to him a lot. <laughs> Um, but I think it's not like what, you know, it's who, you know, and those relationships and everywhere you go, uh, you meet like these amazing people in our sport. Like, I think we're a big fraternity, a small, but big fraternity. And, um, I think along every place I've gone, I've always met like really good people and stayed in contact with them, which, you know, led to different, uh, opportunities. You know, when I was at Missouri Valley, I started going to Mo West and doing that. And then. Um, I met Spencer Mango at Fargo one summer when Ryan, I think, was like a freshman in high school. And then Yvonne Ivanov said, hey, why don't you come wrestle Greco? I mean, I, I knew what a headlock was and an arm throw, and I was terrible at it. So, um, you know, and then that blossomed into going to, to Northern Michigan and meeting a lot of great people there and then going into the Army and wrestling for the WCAP program and doing that. And then when I was in Colorado Springs, I met Joel Sherritt, which he was at Air Force and I took a volunteer role there for a season. Then he went to Navy and, and then obviously Navy for four years. And now at Stanford with Jason Ray and Alex. And I think it's just, uh, I don't know. I've just been truly lucky and like with the people that I've met that I've been able to meet the right people to teach me how to be a better coach and a better person in our sport. Um, because I don't think necessarily it's what you've done in the sport. You know, I don't think being a Olympic champ or an NCAA champ or something like that makes you a great coach. Um, I think what makes you a great coach is caring for your athletes on a daily basis, not just wrestling wise, right? Like we want everybody at Stanford to be an NCAA champ and Olympic champ, if that's their goals. But the most important reason of getting athletes to go to college is to graduate, become productive members of society 
get jobs, get married, have kids and repeat the cycle. And so I think that's what's most rewarding for me. And probably that's a long winded answer to your question. But yeah, I've just been truly lucky to meet a lot of great people that I can kind of make my coaching, uh, you know, Bible, I guess you could say. No, I think your resume is awesome because it just has, you've grinded through a lot of different paths and it's, it's led you to where you are. I think it's pretty cool. Um, so Stanford, um, big name value school. Um, you guys have had some results in wrestling. I, what's, what's it like? That's, that's totally different than what, you know, most of what we in Missouri know, you know what I'm saying? Like, so what's like the wrestling culture, what's the, and the overall culture being a part of Stanford? I mean, Stanford obviously is just like an amazing place. I mean, academically, you know, it's one of the top schools in the country. Athletically, they're, you know, it's a, it's just an amazing place. But I think, uh, you know, when I got contacted by Jason, Ray, and Alex, uh, you know, I had known them for a while, obviously, in the wrestling community. But Jason's dad, obviously, been the head coach at Central Michigan for, you know, for a very, very, very long time and was really successful there and still is. And, Um, you know, their vision of the program was like, Hey, you don't have, you know, it's a great academic school, but we can compete at a really high level. And so I think the the culture there is, is really good right now for the program. I mean, we got, you know, real woods and Shane Griffith and, uh, Nathan tracks are, you know, we're top 12 seeds. Uh, Shane was, uh, you know, a finalist for the Hodge real woods was a three seed like and then the rest of the guys on the team and um you know we're a really they're they're just all really young I mean we had five national qualifiers four were freshmen which was the most I think in in any uh division one school so I just think you know you can go anywhere and be a great wrestler it doesn't matter the school and I think now especially with what's going on with the coronavirus and seeing that seasons can end early that there's there's like a you have to be ready for that next step in life. And we're, and we're not always ready for that, but like having a great degree from whatever school you go to, uh, you know, wrestling will end at some point and you have to move on and whether you stay coaching or, you know, whatever it is, uh, you know, you just got to be ready for it. So I hope it opens people's eyes that um, education is really important, you know, at any school. Yeah. Um, is it difficult getting people to Stanford just because obviously it's a really uh, good academic school. So, and wrestling sometimes not always associated with, with academics, you know what I'm saying? Is that, is that a difficult thing to do when you're recruiting? Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, it's like a smaller net when you're casting it out. I mean, it was the same thing when I was at Navy, you know, you got to get kids that want to, to, uh, be in the military and, you know, not everybody wants to do that, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's uh, probably a smaller pool, but they're out there, you know, and um, I think it helps when you have a really good team that kids see that, you know, every everybody has, you know, flow wrestling and all these different, you know, intermat and they're publishing articles. And I think now kids these days have way more opportunities than we did growing up that you see more of those programs. You know, when I was growing up, it was like, oh, you just heard about Iowa because they won national titles like it was going out of style. So um no, I, I think kids are realizing more and more that, you know, there's other schools out there than the handful of schools that you always hear about. Yeah. You, uh, you have a Greco background, obviously. So how do you, 
you know, in, in spring and summer, we focus on freestyle and Greco. A lot of kids are like, oh, I like folk style. Freestyle looks cool. Uh, I'm not so sure about Greco. So how, do you, how would you, A, sell people on Greco, and B, um, what that they can get out of Greco could directly help them with their folk style, which is obviously what you're coaching now. Right. Um, I mean, a guy that was a really big influence in my life was Dennis Hall, who's, you know, the godfather of Greco-Roman wrestling in the U.S., I think. Um, and he really made me see like the transition between Greco and folk style and freestyle. And so I would, t I mean, I tell, you know, athletes all the time, like one, you're going to learn how to hand fight Two, you're going to learn how to use a two on one and an underhook and really use your hips and just be more open to when you're wrestling folk style, like you're not afraid to throw somebody, you're not afraid to get your hips in and learn how to hand fight. And, and that's going to help you at the next level. I mean, hand fighting so big at college that, um, I think Greco teaches you that. And then two, I just, I mean, why not? I mean, you can change up from wrestling folk style and wrestle some freestyle on Greco and it's different. Your mind's thinking differently. And I think that's important because if you keep doing the same thing over and over, you know, you're just going to have the same results and it's not like you're going to open your mind to what else is out there. And then two, I mean, the next level after college is, is wrestling uh, internationally. And so why not learn while you're young and, and, learn the ins and outs of freestyle and greco and i mean obviously like you guys have been doing it for a long time um there and i think kansas city had you know always does really remarkably well uh internationally so um i don't know i think you know it's with our guys with our rtc we do a couple of days of freestyle a week and a couple of days of greco a week and even if they're not going to go out and compete in greco i think that everybody should learn how to do it yeah Jesse, do you have any ad for that? Uh, no, I think that's pretty good. I just, I would just second what Nate said. I mean, I think everybody's drilled, you know, two on ones or whatever and, and underhooks and folk style, but until you really kind of immerse yourself in Greco, you don't really, um, you know, take it to the next level. So I just think that that was a great point to make. So. I mean, you look at like somebody like Spencer Mango and, uh, you know, obviously being a Missouri guy, but you know, he didn't start wrestling until he was like a freshman in high school. And then, uh, you know, ended up making two Olympic teams and, you know, lots and lots of world teams and taking fifth in the world and, you know, having a remarkable career, uh, all because he started wrestling Greco, you know? So I think that those kids are out there and, um, if we can get more coaches at the youth level to buy into Greco, I think that Greco will continue to keep getting better in the United States. All right, I got a couple more fun questions for you here now. So one uh, asked someone this a few days ago. Um, who is your least favorite person you've had to wrestle with? And I don't mean from like a personal standpoint. I mean, like, who's been the least enjoyable to wrestle with, whether it be in practice or in a match or whatever. You're just like, oh, this is going to this is going to be tough. This is going to suck, maybe. Yeah, I mean, honestly, probably Dennis Hall. Uh, you know, when I was competing, I would go train with him a lot, and he coached me for a long time. Um, I mean, that guy is like crazy in a lot in in a good way, but I think he sets like an internal clock of like two hours for a grind match because we'd start drilling, and then it turns into a grind match. And me being you know quite a bit younger than him, it's like you don't want to say that you're tired; you just keep going and. I mean, that guy can still go. I am guarantee if he and I were in the garage right now and 
uh, you know, he'd probably wrestle hard for two hours straight. So <laughs> I'd probably say like uh, practice wise, Dennis Hall. And then I think in, in a match, probably just Spencer, because uh, like I was always so close to, you know, like beating him, but I could never overcome that. And he was also was my best friend. So it was hard sometimes to like draw the line and be like, Hey, we're going to, we're going to go at it. And then after we can go back to being friends. Yeah. So what's that like wrestling? Like you're matched up, you know, that your best friend is, is, is in the bracket ahead of you kind of a unique experience. What's that like? Uh, I mean, I always knew I was going to wrestle him, but I think after, you know, the first time, then it just was like, Hey, we do this every single day. Um, and what's funny is like Spencer would never get bloody noses, but I think right off the whistle, I always headbutted him for some reason and he'd get a bloody nose. Um, I don't think Deborah was too fond of that. Um, but you know, and then you shake hands and one person gets their hand raised and the other person doesn't. And then you go on and you get better. And I think we had a good working relationship that it was like, okay, well, if I lost, I'm going to help you go win a world medal or Olympic champion and, uh, you know, just keep getting better. Yeah. All right. So last question for you uh this can be something funny or interesting or just unique whatever but do you have a you've had a lot of different experiences obviously you've traveled a lot of different places do you do you have any kind of any story that stands out as this is a strange story that that people could hear about about wrestling man that's a that's a good question like you said i've been to so many places but um I don't know. I mean, probably some stuff I can't repeat on uh, (laughs) a lot of people's story, (laughs) (laughs) but I, I don't know. I'm just trying to think like what, What, what's the most interesting place you've traveled? Maybe that you were like, I would say Cuba, honestly, like Cuba, if anybody can go to Cuba is like the coolest place I've ever been to. And number one, I mean, it was so unique. We went over there in 2010. It was, uh, it wasn't open up to like, you couldn't just go there. You had to go there for sports. And so like we're running a practice the first day and Jamil Byers, uh, you know, who's actually going in the hall of fame this year. Um, we were getting on the bus and Sean Lewis, our coach said, Hey, the bus is full. Why don't you guys run a practice? Well, none of us have been to Cuba except for like Jamil. And he's a heavyweight. So he's like, I got this, guys. I got this. And so we start running all over Cuba in Havana. And I'm like, there's no way that we should be running for two hours. And I was in plastics at the time because we had a tournament in like four days. And it's hot. There's guys cutting the grass with machetes everywhere. <laughs> Long story short, like two and a half hours later, I look at Jamil. I'm like, hey, this isn't right. And out comes this guy in a car who ended up being an Olympic champ for Cuba that knew Jamil and showed us the way to practice. But, uh, I mean, Cuba, you know, those guys are half their team was wrestling in socks, like kicking our butts. Um, you know, there's a hole in the ground to go to the bathroom. I mean, they just, they're unbelievable athletes. They're amazing people and the friendliest people I've ever met. So I would say like Cuba would be probably my favorite place. That's cool. Um, yeah, I think that's about all we got for you, man. Appreciate right, you taking the time. No, thanks for all you guys are doing. I mean, this has been incredible to watch all the all the different interviews with the great people in our sport. And I obviously, hopefully the quarantine ends soon, but I hope you guys keep it going. I love watching it and appreciate all you guys do. Thanks, man. Thanks. Thanks.